Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Vaxmas, everyone. I'm <laughs> Santa Biden, here with your shot. Actually, my name's Doug Basler. And my name's Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. And we really are up against at least the world governments right now, brother. Oh, Whether the, the U.S. government or the world governments. I'm telling you, this is We were prophetic wow. when we named this show, bro. We certainly did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is round one of four for the show. But we've, we've been in the battle for years. And for those that are tuning in to listen, thank you for tuning in. And we're going to talk a lot about our, this president, who, in name only, I think, um, the mandates for Trump won, on all of and Epstein and Epstein did not hang himself. I'm there just we saying. go, and all of the nation as well. So it's getting tyrannical out there, brother. It's not a lot like Christmas. It's a lot like tyrannical. It's Vaxmus, and it's under, Vaxmus. The, under the tree, you got a tyrannical Saurus Rex, brother. It's awesome. That's very good. Yeah. Oh, the little arms, brother. Reminds me of somebody. The little arms, uh, well, first of all, before we get into this, <laughs> I want to, and I did this earlier too, is today's 9-11, brother. It's 20 years ago. I know, brother. 20 years ago. Um, I'll never forget that day. I know. Uh, we were attacked. We were attacked on our shores, on this land, the first time ever, besides the you know World War II with Japan attacking Hawaii and Pearl Harbor there. But it's been so long. That we, our sense of safety, our sense that we were untouchable here was broken by terrorists out of Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, the Al-Qaeda, this, this caliphate type thing before it was a caliphate. Wanted to destroy America and Israel and still do. Destroyed 3,000 American lives that day. And we've talked about this before. Every year we talk about it. And remember those people that lost their lives, but understanding that's that set us on a trajectory to go after and destroy evil, terror, the war on terror, but it's changed the laws of America. So we've been less free every single day since. Don't you think? Oh, I don't know. You're on a roll, brother. I was going to keep on going, but we're going to keep rolling. Well, you know, um, yeah, the Patriot Act and some of this stuff. I mean, yeah, short term. Um, emergency, we, you know, we, we messed up in Afghanistan. I mean, let's just, let's just call Mm -hmm. that as it is. We, we messed up. I mean, when you go into a nation and you, you know, why not just be Americans? So I just uh, recently uh, found an article on a foreign news service. Actually, it was an India, the nation of India newspaper article about a 14 to 16 year old is what they called it girl who grabbed an AK 47 and shot the two Taliban guys that just murdered her parents. So, um, that, that, that story is not in any American newspaper. I found it in India. I found it in Australia. I found it in Israel. I found it in France, Mm -hmm. but I did not find it in any American news outlet but i can tell you now i mourn the loss of her parents 
right? That, that she was in this situation in the first place. But I applaud the fact that she recognizes her freedom is about to end. And the, and, and, you know, when I showed that article to my wife, she said, I would do that too. I would pick up a gun and fight rather than go into that kind of a life where a I'm gen- a slave. Yes. There's a generation of young women and adult women now that grew up in a place where they had s- s- literal or relative safety and with freedom. Americans troops there where they weren't um, subjected to child bride, female genital, genital mutilation through these other things. And with the removal, with the, uh, the Biden turning tail and pulling our troops out, leaving our allies stranded and leaving American citizens stranded and leaving all of these Taliban women that had experienced freedom for 20 years, that grew up in it and didn't know it to they, the they dictates. Had, they had people in government, they had women in government. They had women uh, Air Force pilots. They mm-hmm. had teachers. They could go to school. They could drive. They could, you know, they were beginning to experience what Jesus gave to Western civilization, you know, you go and, you know, read the, read the gospels. I was reading the gospels the other day, brother, like I usually do every day, but there's this one whole section in there where it talks about this woman and this woman and this woman all supported him. And one of Mm -hmm. them was Herod Stewart's wife. And Mm -hmm. she was the wife of so-and-so who was Herod, the King, the, the Tetrarch or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, that, so Herod was indirectly funding Jesus ministry through these women. And, and who were the first people that got to see Jesus come back from the dead? Was it not those three ladies, those lady folk? Mary, and, Mary Magdalene was one of the first ones. Exactly right. And so, yeah, so I'm just saying, and, and this, you know, this squad people mm-hmm. in, in uh, Congress, they conveniently are ignoring all of the murders, the rapes, the the abuses. And, you know, and then I don't hear anybody saying, uh, I mean, I used to, I think we even heard uh, W say a few times, Islam is a religion of peace. Mm-hmm. But these guys are zealously following their book. Yep. They're following it's their political book. Political and religious uh, group. And they are on the... They are following they're, their jihad. They're conservatives. They are. They're they religious conservatives in their situation. Yes. And that, like you said, they are murdering. They were hanging. They are going in and, and marrying off, uh, taking these young 13-year-old girls and making them wives. 12. Yeah, 12-year-olds. They're going in and hanging those that supported Americans. The fact that our president and our government, the military, left 10%, they said 10% of Americans behind. And right now, they're not allowing American citizens who flew in on their own dime, like Glenn Beck and Jets, to rescue Americans that they left behind. They're not letting them take off because they're said they're not vetted. Yet they're allowing tens of thousands of Afghans, citizens, that we have no way of vetting, including many who have found out they're on the terror watch list into America. It is insane unless you think, okay, why are they using different standards for American citizens than they are for Taliban or Afghani citizens? Well, once again, it fits the narrative. Open borders, no ID. But if you're American, you got to show your papers. You got to show this. You can't vote. You can't do whatever, right? No, wait a minute. Hold on a second, brother. You can vote. 
You don't yeah. need any ID to vote. Yeah, I understand that, brother. But I'm saying, <laughs> you know, we talk about having a, a, a picture ID to vote. They don't need that, but American citizens do, right? And so we have to look at this. What we're going on? This is over in Afghanistan is travesty. I mean, to cover I'm telling up you, their own mistakes here. They blew this. And so with private citizens going in and rescuing American soldiers, American citizens that they didn't makes them look bad. So therefore they're trying to put a stop to it. Retired even, special ops even, guys going in. Yes. They, they even tried to take credit for something that Glenn Beck did and they didn't yeah. have anything to do with it, brother. Well, that it's, you know, isn't that par for the course though? I mean, it is par for the course. These, these guys, um, you know, let's talk about, Larry Elder, right? You get this, mm -hmm. you get this woman, crazy demonized people following Larry Elder around. She's got, she's got an ape, a black ape mask on racist throwing eggs at Larry Elder hate mm -hmm. crime. And of course the FBI is investigating that right now, right? No, no. brother. They're not. If that because would have Larry been, Elder if that would have been a conservative or a Republican person, or just another, just a person doing that to a black Democrat. Yes. That person would probably be in jail for, for in, they'd be in Guantanamo getting waterboarded right now. It would be national news 24 seven because it's, it fits a narrative of white supremacy and racism because Larry Elder has the audacity to be a black conservative. It is ignored and actually applauded this point. Your point, this, this whole recall election in California First of all, I'm glad that they actually have the opportunity to, that the polls are in favor of Larry Elder. It's happening here in less than two weeks. They well, went to a Overall, state, the polls are in favor of keeping Newsom. But in the, the challengers, statewide, though, Elder's Statewide, yeah. they went to a all-mail-in ballot because of COVID. Newsom did that. Mm -hmm. Then you have Biden and Kamala Harris coming out to campaign on behalf of keeping Newsom. Instead of dealing with the storms, the uh, Afghan problem, our American citizens being left behind. This is total bunk. This is all about political power, about maintaining him in authority. But These guys are, they are certifiably treasonous. Yes. It's, this is treason against America, against the Constitution. And there um, was a computer glitch, brother, in California already with the ballots already coming in. That there may be an issue. <laughs> Think about this: all mail-in ballots, computer issues. Did you issues. say the word, brother? Did you say the word glitch? I did. You said glitch. I did. Isn't this sort of eerily <laughs> familiar now? If we let them get away with it once, they'll do it every single time. So I've got the, I've got an idea. How to make? I'm going to give you my my advice on how to make a million dollars and don't pay taxes. Okay. So first of all, go ahead and make a million dollars okay. and then don't pay your taxes. Okay. And then when the IRS comes and says, why didn't you pay your taxes? Go, I had a glitch. I had a computer yeah. glitch. Only if I'm elected <laughs> Democrat, right? Come on. <laughs> Only can you be a Democrat. And this is, this is our show, of course. But when you have, um, what's this, this Swalwell, the Eric guy yeah. um, that was actually sleeping with a Chinese spy for yes, years. Nothing happens. Or yeah. you have uh, Feinstein being driven by another Chinese spy. Does nothing happen? Are you kidding me? It, it, once again, it's not double standards. It's just the standards only apply to conservatives and Republicans, not to anybody else, right? Well, they hold us to our rules. You know, the problem that we have, brother, is we have a conscience. 
And, yes. you know, so we, we want to play by the rules because we want to do the right thing. And so we've got to figure out the whole spiritual warfare thing. I mean, mm-hmm. what we got to figure out what David was talking about in the Psalms, right? We got to figure out what Jesus said when he meant, do you have a sword? And they said, yeah, we got a couple. He said, if you don't have a sword, go sell your cloak and get one. So why would Jesus tell us to get a sword? All right. So obviously there's something to this self-protection mm-hmm. thing, right? And that's the thing about the whole Afghanistan debacle, you know, cause I've been, I've been wondering, I'm like, when would the people get desperate enough to fight back and to try and to save themselves, to bind together, to, to get their own little enclaves, you know, because Afghanistan is known for that, this tribalism, these villages and things like that. Uh, what was that? That uh, one movie was that lone survivor uh, a couple of years ago where it talked where the pilot where the, no, the special forces guy got protected by the Afghani village. Remember that? I believe it was a so. great movie dude, and a great book. I actually, I don't think I saw the movie. I think I re- I think I did see the movie, but the book, I read the book was really like the guy's memoirs Mm -hmm. and they have this honor system. And because they had nursed him back to life, because they had helped him, they were honor bound to protect him. And so even when the Taliban and these other people wanted him, they're like, no, you can't have him. And they even tried to invade and take him and they were, but they were, they you know, they ended up smuggling him out. They ended up help, helping him get out and he escaped. Now all of his other companions uh, died, but he was, he was the lone survivor. Mm-hmm. So there is something in the Afghanistan people. The other thing is that World Vision had Afghanistan as the fastest growing church in the world, even though our dumb military was having people cover up their crosses and hide their Bibles and everything else. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I don't think you can put it out. I don't think you can extinguish the Christians that were there. And there's something about somebody that knows Jesus, that they love people and people know Mm -hmm. when they're being loved brother and they respond. So I talked about this on my other show, Doug. This is really important. Oh, I don't want to hear about that other show, brother. (laughs) This is really important for our listeners as well. Do you remember you and I talked about this years ago on eyes on Washington as well. When Obama was president, first of all, they made the the absolute mistake of pulling out all our troops out of Iraq, created the ISIS caliphate, dumb things. The same people are surrounding Biden now, pulling troops out of Afghanistan, going to create the same vacuum. They're already recruiting al-Qaeda and ISIS is is returning ISIS-K. But during the Obama administration, remember that trade? Bo Bergdahl was a trader. And they mm-hmm. traded the five in Gitmo, the, they called it the Bergdahl five, the five yep. terrorists that were part of Al Qaeda. How could I forget? Back into the military. Those same five Al Qaeda leaders that were in Guantanamo are now in the Taliban government being sworn in today as part of the leadership. So we, not only did we leave $80 billion worth of military equipment in Afghanistan, where we def- were defeated by running away leaving American citizens behind, leaving Christians that are Afghani Christians behind to be slaughtered. But we actually uh, not only weaponized, rewarded, but put the people that were behind the attack on 9-11 back in charge in in a nation in Afghanistan, brother. They're traitors, brother. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it all is tied together. It's treason against America. You know, we, we are going to, you know, when Donald Trump gets restored back to the White House, 
Uh, we're going to have to go back into Afghanistan just like we did in Iraq and clean up the mess. It'll take us about a week, maybe two. We'll get this thing all fixed up. And, um, you know, we're probably going to have to, you know, you, you talk about ISIS-K. We talk about the Delta variant. We talk about, you know, there's a lot of letters floating around, brother. But you know what? We serve the Alpha and the Omega, and I think he's got all the other letters covered. Amen. <laughs> but I will say this: the the there's things you don't like about George W. Um, but when we went into Iraq, we went in with the shock and awe. We blew the snot out of things, went in with force, and we were done. And we got out of there. I know we have the long term thing, but we don't go in to do just. To lose. Well, we learned you know, about that in Vietnam, right? Yes. Well, this is very eerily familiar, similar to well, Vietnam. I mean, we didn't have any problem taking Afghanistan down. We took Afghanistan down way quicker and faster than we did Iraq. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's even possible, because we went to Afghanistan with special forces because we were looking for, you know, what's his name? That Osama guy. Osama. And then, of course, so Osama um, Obama. I mean, That's Osama right. bin Laden and, um, and you know, that guy ended up in hell, but, um, the, the, the situation is that I believe that Afghanistan, especially the ladies, the young people and others have tasted what it means to be free. And when you've tasted freedom, you do not want to go back to slavery for example, brother. Okay. Um, I've been doing street church. I've been doing different, um, you know, kind of protesty, outreachy, you know, stuff against the other dumb Democrat, Jay Inslee, mm -hmm. across Washington State. Who is there with me? It is Ukrainians. I have a group of Ukrainians and they are fighting next to me because they smell this. They see it and they know exactly what it is. Communism is not you'll have nothing and be happy. Communism is you have nothing and you'll stand in line all day long to get a quart of milk. Mm -hmm. And you will not have meat except maybe some rat meat. And the people that are elite that are at the White House and at the New York Times, they will eat steak and they will have caviar and they will have champagne and you will have moldy bread and bugs to eat. And so, you know, this is um, not going to happen in Afghanistan or in America. And so I'm serving notice that these people <laughs> better watch out. I, I think we're going to see a miracle in Afghanistan. I heard, uh, I forget his name, Robbie something, but he's been a missionary in Afghanistan for many years. Mm -hmm. And he said, do not count them out. They are not going to be defeated. This Afghanistan church is bigger and stronger than you know. And they are willing to die to serve the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to like just, hey, kill me. That means they're willing to do what they need to do to get their exactly people right. free. So scripture is very clear. I'm glad you went there. But it's three generations typically when God says he'll bless us or cursed by generations, right? Your father, your son, your grandson. We've also seen in history, typically it's the first generation that sacrifices to make something better for the next generation. Next generation has it better off, but they get a little bit lazy. 
And the third generation blows it all. I think we're in that third generation where we're in America here or the cycle of it, where many of our young people are attracted to this socialism, communism, and they've, they've lost the purpose, the passion for our God-given rights. But they've been not raised in a culture where we honored our, our, the fact that God gives them to us, that we have a God, that we should repent, that we should be a nation that honors one another, you know, and so we're in this ideological, spiritual, cultural war right now, um, where I think, and in some cases, the Chinese church, the Russian church, and the Afghani church are better off because they're they're fighting for freedom versus here where we have it and we take it for granted and uh, looking like we're trying to give it away. That's what we're Well, you know, let's talk about Australia. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, mm -hmm. Australian started out as a penal colony. Well, guess what? They're back to it, brother. Mm -hmm. They're back to a lot a nationwide lockdown. And um, there was an article in the Federalist about they're in this position because they gave up their guns a couple of decades ago. Right. Mm -hmm. They had the big mass shooting and then they had the gun buyback and they had all that stuff. And now they can't do anything about it. The police yes. have all the guns, the army have all the guns and the people in charge are communists. And so Western society, Australia, brother, the, the Kiwis. Yes. The, the, these yes. guys, they are in lock. They're, they're going to make them download an app on their phone. And if they get a text, they have to take a picture of themselves and be in the right place or they can get fined or jailed. So you have to go where they say. The prime I, minister of Australia, uh, I have it recorded as well basically said this will be a vaccinated economy. If you want to participate, you will be vaccinated. It, and then he also used the exact same words that Joe Biden did in his speech. He said, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So he is dividing the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, just like Joe Biden did, which we're going to talk about his speech here today, where he's come out today and literally said, we're going to mandate vaccines. It is the unvaccinated problem. You're the one causing everybody to die, and you're the ones dying. Therefore, we're going to force you. And he basically said force, uh, mandate, because he's tired of waiting. Remember? Like his words were, our patience is growing thin. Yeah, our patience is growing thin. And his words, I want to quote this, said it's not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting your health and the health of all Americans. That's not his job, first of all. That's not the job of the commander-in-chief. Second of all, it is about freedom and personal choice. Those are our God-given All rights. about freedom and personal choice. That's what America is about. Who so are you? Buy, you? If you buy that as the president of the United States telling all Americans that it's not about <laughs> freedom, not about your personal choice, it's his job to protect us from ourselves. That is scary. Scary enough to say you not, must go. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Fear not. It's in the Fear Bible not. 365 times. Fear not. Yes. And, you know, there was um, there was a time in, in the first century AD when if you didn't tow the company line, they could literally crucify you, burn you, whatever. And yet, what do they keep saying about them over and over again? They spoke with boldness. They spoke with courage. And... You know, I would rather die than live a slave. I'm going to mm -hmm. die free and not live a slave. And so we're going to find out 
you know, uh, Art Pulowski, I think I might have shared this before, but he had a vision of the fence, a fence going around the world, all these people sitting on the fence. And this hand came down from heaven and started shaking it. Mm -hmm. And no one was allowed to sit on the fence anymore. And that's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, you are either in or you're out. And they're saying, we have all the money. We have all the power. We have all the jobs. We have all the the influence. And you're going to do what we say. And Americans seem to have lost their, you know, get off my back and go to hell attitude. Right. And, you know, that's where demons belong in hell, Marty. They, You know, we, we say no to hell. We say hell no. And then we we go in freedom and we preach the gospel. And, you know, what's your life worth anyway? You got a, you got a miserable, cowardly little yep. life. What's I mean, is that really worth saving? So, you know, the freedom that we have to serve God and to reach our God given potential is more important than any little scaredy thing that we're doing. And I've said this for years. How do you know? I've said this to junior high kids, high school kids and adults and anybody else that would listen to me. How do you know when you're doing the will of God? If you're not scared, it's probably not the will of God. Right. And if you're not fighting, facing resistance, you're probably not in the will of God as yeah, well. Exactly. The devil, the devil will come to kill, steal, and destroy. With this, with this right here, our freedoms clearly are under attack. Our friend Mark Melosha over at the Family Policy Institute of Washington, his Love latest article, brother, yes, was fantastic. He said that the government is purging Christians from work, the workforce. You think about that in these terms. This is a spiritual battle. We've been saying this for years. What they're targeting in Australia, in Nigeria, and in America, the first place they go to is shutting down worship services. You will shall not worship. And now it's you shall not participate in the economy. In Nigeria, you can't do your banking if you're not vaccinated. This is a, a total takeover of control targeting those that have a religious belief against being forced to do something and to inject in their body a vaccine, the mRNA, that's made from the aborted cell, the fetal cells of an aborted baby. This is not good. But we see this where it's coming. When the, the president comes out and says these things are going to happen, it says all employers, fully vaccinated, uh, basically all employers with 100 employees or more, must mandate to their employees to be vaccinated or to provide a proof of testing, a negative test, every week. Um, they're going to require vaccinations for all federal workers all and all federal contractors, which is millions of people. They're going to require over 17 million uh, healthcare workers to get vaccinated uh, that serve Medicare and Medicaid patients. And they've called on all entertainment venues to require proof of vaccination or testing before entry. That all of this is basically said, if you want to participate in society, Christians, conservatives, those 80 million people that probably voted for Trump, you must get vaccinated. This is power and control and coercion. This is tyranny. This is not freedom. And if we don't fight back now, brother, I'm, I'm afraid we won't have anything to fight for. So it, 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 it never ceases to amaze me when I see somebody walking around on a beautiful sunny day with the mask on outside. Okay, because that's obviously they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, coronavirus cannot survive in the sun or the wind for more than seconds, right? It's it's toast. Mm 
So um, let me just give you, you know, you were quoting the president, uh, the, the mm-hmm. faux president, the, the, the thief that stole the office. Um, it says he said these, these things in his speech a couple of days ago. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. He also said many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated. You mentioned that. Isn't mm-hmm. 80 million about the number of people that voted for Trump? And then he says, this one is really scary. I understand your anger at those who haven't gotten vaccinated. So you're supposed to get angry at those unvaccinated people. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be mean to them and scowl at them and gnash your teeth at them. And then he said, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated coworkers. And so J.D. Vance, uh, Senate candidate, says, Biden is talking about tens of millions of American citizens like they're vermin. Mm-hmm. They're underclass. He's creating a lower class of human being that doesn't want to put poison in their body. And so now you're a low class and you need to get a yellow star. You know, um, that's exactly uh, where I was going. Jim, Jim Walsh, Jim Walsh got a put, got so much trouble because he put a yellow star because he saw this coming a couple of months ago and he, he backed off of that and everything else. And Hey, I realize this and that, but you know what? This is that, this is that. And we you know, know, I posted on my, uh, I posted on my Facebook. group. We know it's, we've talked about racism. We talked about whatever, but to the 1940s, they singled out and made the entire nation distrust and hate Jews, right? It allowed yeah. them to do things to the Jews that are unthinkable, plunder unfathomable, them, steal from them, conditioning them, hurt them, now they're kill conditioning them. America. Yeah. To do that to Christians. To do to Christians. Exactly right. Yep. Yep. Well, and Jews. And Jews. And anybody um, conservative bent, anybody that has a, has a, a true, um, just, Hey, I don't want to do this. Don't make me do this. It's never been done uh, with any other vaccine, any other medicine. And to that point, this is not acting like a vaccine. A vaccine will actually give you some immunity towards the disease. All this is done. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent you from spreading COVID. So it's therapeutic in nature at best. And so why are they pushing it so much? It's not about the vaccine. It's not about safety. It's not their job for that. It's about taking away our freedoms, our our self-control, and punishing people that have a different opinion than they do. And I love the red herring. You know, look at, don't look at what I'm talking about over here on my left hand, you know, that Epstein didn't hang himself, that we stole the election and all that. But we hold up the red, look at the red herring. One of the things he said in his speech that just would just crack me up is like, we're going to double the fines for people who refuse to wear masks on airplanes. I'm like, well, I've been on airplanes a lot in the last couple of few months. And mm-hmm. I don't think they even let you on there without a mask. So no. What, so, so that's this, uh, we're going to double the, you know, as if there's a whole bunch of people out there crossing their arms and refusing to wear a mask on an airplane. Right. Well, right. they don't, they ain't going to let you on the plane. If you, if you don't mask on it, you're not getting on that plane. Right. So what's mm-hmm. the fine of it? So again, we're, they're creating, you know, this big thing over here. And it's to distract us from what Mike Lindell's finding out exactly about all right. the, about all this met, metadata and stuff on these voting things. Like you and said, the glitch is the glitch in California. Oh, the Cal- yeah. well, even Afghanistan is yes. a distraction from what they're what they're doing to America. Our southern border is a way worse problem than the the hundred thousand Afghanis they're bringing in unvetted. That's a problem. 
Don't get me wrong. Right. But, but you mean uh, illegal aliens coming across the border. Yeah. How many of those are terrorists? COVID. Exactly right. You know, yeah. Rick Joyner and uh, Chris Reed, uh, who's his replacement at Morningstar Ministries, put out an, uh, a, an emergency bulletin uh, just the other day on Thursday. You can go see it on YouTube and stuff. But they said they believe there's imminent attack coming maybe as early as today. So now, obviously, we pre-record this program, so there may already have been something today. And so, but just let it be known that on Friday, Doug and Marty said something could happen. <laughs> so, um, but but we, you know, we are in a different place. Uh, when I heard all this, when all this was coming down, I had uh, congressional candidate Jared Sessler, who's in the fourth, running in the fourth district against that, that Democrat, Republican, Dan Newhouse. Mm-hmm. And I said this to him. I said, you know, the Bible says, unless the Lord guards a city, the watchman watches in vain. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have watchmen. And that doesn't mean that we don't protect ourselves and we don't take strategies. But we need to pray and we need to ask God to protect us. And we need to ask God to give us, you know, right now, more than any other time that I've been alive, we need to hear from God. Don't go down that street. Don't turn that way. Don't go to that store. Go to another store. You know, do this, do that. We need to have that kind of direction because, you know, I told you the story about just the other day. I was at Big Five on these two, quote, gentlemen came in, loaded up all the stuff they wanted and walked out. And that's just right here down the street from my house. So this isn't happening out there somewhere in some big city. This is happening in my little town of Kent, right? And so how soon till they start burning that down, marching through my neighborhood, taking my house, whatever, you know, Taliban, The ta- if we defund the police, who does that leave? That leaves mm-hmm. the Taliban. Now the Taliban are, <laughs> in, in the Taliban are anybody that are wicked. That when you want your- prosecute crime, sure. when you make it legal to carry drugs around, when you reward bad behavior, you get more of it. So these Democrat majorities, the blue states are really, you know, allowing crime to increase, allowing us to be less safe. And that all ties into, like you said, the Taliban of the, the U.S. And then you have the federal government going after the conservative states. This is another thing. The COVID mandates, the vaccination mandates, is specifically going after red states and red governors, you know, usurping their power at the state level. It's also going after this, this political thing, right, with the lawsuit, with Merrick Garland, the attorney general, going after Texas. Um, thank God for Texas, by the way. Um, passing the abortion, the pro-life bill that protects babies. Heartbeat once they have a heartbeat. Yep. You know, which is fantastic about dog. And the Supreme time. court upheld it. Thank yep. you, Jesus. And now they're going to, now they're suing them. Um, the, the U S government through Merrick Garland and Biden is they're so hell bent on killing babies, brother. They are hell bent on it. And uh, we've got to be heaven bent mm-hmm. on turning this back and saying no. And I'm telling you, if we'll push back and if we'll fight back and thank God for, for PJI and for uh, ACLJ and all these different guys that, that fight in the courts. But, you know, ultimately we just need to do what the ants did in bugs life. And we just need to lock arms and tell the grasshoppers to get out and we're not going to play your game anymore. And, you know, this is beginning to happen. We've seen these gigantic protests in Berlin, in London, in, in Paris, People are done and they're, they're actually getting more uh, vocal and, you know, out about it than we are in America. 
And a lot of it is just because it's been sold. So I was out riding my motorcycle on Labor Day, brother. And I went to a little town called Easton, Washington. I crossed the Cascades through the woods, over the river and through the woods, brother. To Easton, I went. And there was this little uh, cafe gas station. I thought, well, I don't need gas, but I might as well top off and get me somebody get that pizza in there and stuff. So I, they had this sign. It said, we're Americans. Don't give in to jab. Don't, don't, don't give in to vaccine mandates, mask mandates and cancel culture. And so I took a picture and I posted on Facebook and I said, it was 77 degrees. I go, it's 77 and freedom in Easton today. And brother, it was like, I blew up Facebook. People were calling me names and they probably don't wash their hands either. And these guys are wicked. And how could they be so careless? And oh wow. I See? mean, brother, I would I didn't know I had friends like that. So I need how to find all of them and unfriend them. But how conditioned by fear, though. This is what we're talking about. We've been talking about this for years now, but specifically this year, about the year of, be, of being courageous. But when you have 24-7 from the news, from media, from music, from the White House, who continues to lie, and I know Scripture is clear, says that of your father, the liar, the devil, you will lie. We understand that they're going to lie all the time. Yeah. But this right here, the fear is taking a mental and emotional toll on people to where they're going to hate people reactively when they're told to, right? This idea, this, this emotional reaction they had to your post is insane. And, and yet you see, you could see where this came from. They've been conditioned to be fearful. And when, when hurt people hurt people, scared people hurt people as well. A drowning person will bring you down when you try to save them. This is where we're at. We need to have compassion, but we also not need to put ourselves into danger to your point. Right? Yeah. Misery loves company, brother. They, you know, they're miserable. They want you to be miserable. Everybody needs to be miserable because I'm miserable and they don't like it when we're happy and we're free and we're walking around without our mask on. Right. And we're not getting stuck with some poison thing in my arm or when my, my behind or wherever, uh, you know, um, it's an, it's a new day. And I mm -hmm. really feel like the Lord is saying rejoice. I, I, I was out in the, uh, when I was in the woods, I really felt like the Lord said he wanted to share something with me. And so I was trying to listen to like worship music and my Bluetooth and my helmet while I was riding and it wouldn't work. And I thought, well, I don't think the Lord wants me to listen to that. And I get up to the top of these mountains and I hear, oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesties above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. And Marty, I knew I was hearing from God. He said, for beautiful, for spacious skies, it's, an, it's a season of open heavens, brother. Just like that, that verse in Malachi, try, try me, test me, the tithers, you tithers, open heavens coming to you. Prosperity's coming to you. Don't worry about your job and all that cancel culture stuff. You're not depending on that. You're depending on God. And then he says, for amber waves of grain, and that is the harvest, brother. That grain is always a symbol of souls getting saved, coming into the kingdom. Then he said, for purple mountains, majesties. And we've been talking about seven mountains since we've been mm -hmm. on the radio and probably longer than that. And the seven mountains of culture, you know, we have family, we have business, we have government, we have arts, we have media, we have education, and we have 
the spirit mountain, the church mountain. And those seven mountains, if you, whoever controls those mountains is controlling the culture. And for a long time now, it's been controlled by the left, but he said for purple mountains, majesty, which means royalty. And so the royalty is going to take those cultural mountains. I'm getting excited, Marty, because I feel like I heard from the Lord and we're going to win. And then it says above the fruited plain and even the plain places in our life are going to have fruit. And then he said, America, America, God's going to shed his grace on you. And then he said, crown us with brotherhood. There's going to come a unity. And, you know, in the Bible, the sea always represents people groups. Mm -hmm. And he said, from sea to shining sea, people groups shining with the glory of the God, having brotherhood, having fellowship, having goodness. And so in, in all of this, I believe we are going to see the greatest revival that America's ever seen. We're going to have it and God's going to do it. And no one, including you and me, are going to be able to take any credit for it because it's going to be supernatural. Yet at the same time, how do we get there? You know, I heard the story of uh, William Booth. William Booth is the, was the guy that started the Salvation Army and how when he started, he used to go out in front of these bars and preach by himself and they'd come out and spit at him. And, and then some people would punch him and he'd get up and he'd just keep going. But every now and then some guy would fall down and cry and he would take that guy, lead him to the Lord, take him home. His wife would feed him. He'd train him for six weeks. And he'd say, now you, what you saw me do, you go you do, do. you go find a bar and do it. And he did that. And pretty soon he started having revival because he, in, in it's like this revival that the Salvation Army had in the 1800s was not because God did something supernatural, but because they obeyed him. He was concerned about Matthew 28. He wanted to do what God called him to do, win souls. And so um, he started out as this guy getting beat up in front of bars. He had lunch with the royal family. He had lunch with Teddy Roosevelt, the president of the United States. When he died, the royal family couldn't even get into his funeral. They had to sit in the back. And they sat next to an ex-prostitute who was crying at William Booth's funeral. And she looked at the royal family and she said, he loved such as us. I love it. You know, that's that's how we're going to win this thing. I want to share. We're going to win it because we're going to obey God, brother. Amen. And that's where I was going with that as well. I want to share a story that I just took my daughter to college. And of course, I told you this off the air as well. And then I had a chance that... My time was free, so I was already in, down in California. I wanted to see my dad, uh, but my but the travel, the hotel wasn't available until the next night, so I needed a place to stay on the night before. It's in between California and Arizona. My wife reached out to my sister-in-law, um, my wife's sister, and uh, they both had COVID, her and her husband. So well, how about my daughter, my niece, and my wife's niece? And uh, she goes, yeah, come, come on by. And so all, long story short, I've met my niece before, but I had never met her husband. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, this is weird. I can just stay by myself. But we really felt like I was supposed to stay there. So I traveled to Arizona um, and see my dad the next day. And I walk into this house where I met this guy that I had never met before. He's uh, got tattoos from head to toe, um, earrings, you name it, has live evil on his hands. Um, and he's very standoffish. And so they have a guest over for dinner. They'd already eaten before I got there. And it was sort of like very this tense moment, brother. And so I'm sitting there going, all right, I'll just make conversation and so forth. And uh, so they go, well, do you want to eat? And we've already eaten. I said, well, I'll, I can eat later. 
said, well, we're gonna have pie. I said, well, okay, you have pie, then I'll eat. So they're watching me eat food while they're having pie. And this guy that the standoffish and the tattoos and so forth left. And as so I'm talking to the guests, like, this is very uncomfortable. We'll see it. He comes back with a Bible brother and says, you know, donkeys talk. And I said, yeah, in scriptures, Balak, and I kind of talk about it. And it turns out this guy's a brand new Christian, baby Christian <laughs> that used to serve the devil, brother, um, but didn't like politics, doesn't like those type of people like me, thinks I'm the devil walking into the house. And his friend and couple are over. He's witnessing to them. They were serving the devil with him, literally serving the devil. And he's saved now and wants to save them. So we spent the entire night witnessing to this new couple, building a relationship, talking about scripture, reading scripture. And to his point, what he said, this baby brand new Christian who used to serve the devil is now serving the Lord on fire, young Christian. You know how they are, like you are. He said, this Bible is very clear. You either do God's will or you're against God. It's it's no black, there's no gray area. There's no fence. It's either obey God or you're with the devil. And he goes and, and talk about the world. I go, exactly right. All of scripture is about grace and about mercy and how we come, but there is no middle ground. It's good versus evil. It's God or not God. Either we're going to be in alignment with, submitted to, and obey God, or we're going to be on the other side of facing against God. And so we're seeing this in the nation. To your point, the revival's coming. But for a guy that for 47 years was evil, literally desired to be evil, talk to the devil, is now serving the Lord and understanding that he is grateful that the Lord had mercy on him, that plucked him out of that, and now he wants to serve the Lord for the rest of his life. And so I'm like, this was totally random how I got there, but I was used in a way to witness and share what I know, scripture and so forth, that he was hugging me when I left. We are like buddies. And he goes, thank you. God is so good. He brought you to our door. And all I was doing was, was looking for a place to stay for the night, brother. So I, I think you're absolutely You were like that correct. angel unaware, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it, it was fantastic. I would love to hear his story about how he got, how he got it. Who, how right? he, you know, when, what did he hear? Who did, I mean, man, we got to get him on the show, man. Give his testimony. You got to call him up, brother. Okay. I'll and do it. To have him tell us, tell us his story because, you know, this is something we're seeing, you know, in Olympia, we go to Olympia on Saturday morning and we're down there about eight 30. Matter of fact, um, uh, you're planning on joining me next time, I'm, I guess, mm -hmm. but um, you know, and there's people that are hard and they're just, they're not responding, but brother, there's people that are like, they hit their knees and they're, they're crying. And, and we were at, we were at Point Rustin last week. And this, this lady's trying to spit on me, this old lady, just bitter, full of the devil. She got this little dog. I'm like, I don't even know if that your dog likes you. And, you know, and I'm like, Jesus loves you. I'm just like trying to be nice. Right. And even though I didn't want to be, cause that's, I'm, I don't know, God's working on me on that brother. But <laughs> it was like, she couldn't spit on me. It was like the Lord was keeping her from spitting on me, but she was trying to. And my friend Vitaly, one of these crazy, you know, free Ukrainian guys, did that lady spit on you? It looked like oh, the Lord wouldn't let her. And any rate, he was telling me people were crying. People were were um, responding, you know, and I'm just working. I'm just down there playing my guitar. I'm just doing the thing. And there could be a couple hundred people at any given time just around us. And maybe a thousand or more that go through this, this Rustin Point area 
while we're while we're uh, doing our crusade and um this guy over on the side he yells he yells hallelujah <laughs> and and uh and I'm like, Hey brother, thanks for that. You know, or whatever. And then he comes walking down and he just got back from Florida sea fan Christ for all nations, which was the Reinhardt Bonnke thing. And his name was Jamie. And he, he says, my name's Jamin. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> and I go, well, do you want to greet the people? He goes, yeah. And so he gets the mic and he gives this amazing testimony and he gives an altar call and brother, you couldn't believe all the hands that were going up all over the park at Point Rustin on Sunday, people giving their lives to Jesus. You know, we're, we're missing out if we think, you know, Jesus even said this, you know, he said, consider the birds. Like, why is Jesus talking about the birds? Well, they don't sow, they don't reap. And yet God feeds them. Consider the lilies. Okay, Jesus is talking about flowers, right? Mm-hmm. He's not talking about flowers. He's talking about you. Yep. He said these flowers, they don't toil. They don't spin. They don't go to the store. They don't shop at Macy's or the rack. They are, in, are clothed better than Solomon. That's what he said. Solomon was a pretty rich dude, right? right. And so, you know, we're, we're in that situation right now. And Christians everywhere are submitting to this don't buy, don't sell, this Revelation 13, mm-hmm. he's caused everyone, great and small, rich and poor, slave and free, to receive a certain mark, and they weren't allowed to buy or sell or go on an airplane or go to a movie theater or go to a mm-hmm. Seahawks game unless they had this vaccination. Or and or the name of the, the vaccination was 666. Right now, we're not to that point, and I've had people call it that. This is it. That's the mark of the beast. Well, I don't believe that it is because I think there's a few other things that got to happen, but I definitely think they're testing us to see if we'll go for it. And how many Christians are going to go for it because they don't want to lose their job, brother. When you have Australia and you have um, Nigeria and you have the, uh, America literally saying you can't participate in the economy unless you're vaccinated. It is setting up the system that a mark is no big deal. Bottom line is that the government mandates that we should. The mark is next. It. The yeah. mark should be next. It should so, be. If yeah, you're vaccinated and out of data and you have the approval and you're, you're part of our team, then you need to take this mark. And that's how we're going to be able to track everybody and make sure that only the ones that have this can participate in the economy. Exactly Brother, right. this is Revelation 13. We're looking at it right now. This is it. This is not some movie. This is not some, you know, we all like right. those left behind movies and woo, right. guess what? You're in it. You're living it right now. And so, so we better be able to get food. This is my mm-hmm. point of the flowers and the birds, brother. Yes. We better be able to get food and clothes and gas and stuff from God. Yep. So I will say this, and to your point and to our listeners too, Jesus talked to the rich man. And he said, go and sell all your stuff and come join me. And he couldn't do it because he was too attached. Yep. Uh, talked about the eye of the needle. These are all things. It costs us something. The, the, as Christians, we believe, but our te- our faith is tested. This right now is we're going to be tested. It's the first time in a long time in America where as Christians, we've had it very easy. We went through a 18 months where they said, don't go to church, and we didn't go to church. Some, we, some of us did. Some, some didn't treat church. Some didn't right? go to church. Brother. Some didn't go to church. <laughs> some did online. You know, but that was conditioning us. Now they're saying you must do this against your own wishes. Uh, religious uh, exemptions don't apply. 
we're not going to allow these uh, accommodations. We're working within the system and we're getting defeated. It's going to cost us something to stand up. It's going to cost us something to believe God for our needs when it comes to losing that job, when it comes to um, not being allowed to participate. These are all things that can be very scary, but we know we have our trust and our faith, but it does cost. Our faith is at the point now where it's going to start costing us. Doug's mentioned before, you know, the, the old saying, right? If they had you on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough proof to, to convict you? I think now's coming the time. Will there be enough proof to convict your to convict you of your convictions of being a Christian, a Christ follower in this this time in this world, right, brother? Yeah. The the thing that gets me, I think, is where Jesus comes out and he says, "If you're ashamed of me and my in my gospel, then I'm going to be ashamed of you." Mm-hmm. And you know, he says, um, "It's just other things that are a little they're a little narrow, brother." He said. You know, broad is the road and wide is the path that leads to destruction. And many choose its easy path. The easy path is just get vaccinated, just go along, just close your church, whatever, right? Close your business, do whatever, stay inside, order from Amazon. And, yeah. and um, but narrow is the road that leads to life and fear there be that find it. And, you know, this narrow thing that we're talking about is actually as wide as heaven, you know, it's narrow because we go to Jesus and we think, well, because it's narrow, it must be tight. It must be uncomfortable. No, it fits you perfectly. It fits you perfectly. And when we get into that, he leads us out into these wide spaces. And what we're talking about is being able to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't read their Bibles anymore. We've got to read our Bible. You know, chapter and verse will save you from a lot of stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, when all this stuff comes down and people are like, well, if God loved me, then why is all this and that? I'm like, you are, you're dumb because you don't read your Bible. You don't read about testing. You know, you don't read about right. Job. You don't read about Peter. You don't read about Paul. You don't read about Timothy and all these other guys. You don't, you don't read about Joseph and how he was at Potiphar's house. And then he got accused of rape, which he didn't do and goes to jail for a crime he didn't commit. And then, and then God bless him. You know, we just want to get to the blessing. We don't want to have to go through Potiphar's house or the slave thing. He doesn't, we don't like Daniel. You know, we, we all like Daniel in the lion's den when he wins, but we don't want to go in the lion's den. And we certainly don't want to be eunuchs. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. personally not into the whole, like, let's take off my man parts. <laughs> um, but, you know, th- we don't, we don't see that. And, you know, one of the things that was so exciting to me as a new Christian and I think one of the reasons to keep me fresh is that I started to read the Bible on my own. I didn't look at the pastors. I had a living Bible, which is a very loose paraphrase. Right. But I, I, was, getting en- too. I yep. was getting enough out of it to go, these guys were a bunch of goofballs and God used them. He could use me too. When Amen. I read about David killed some dude and took his wife. When I read about Moses who said, I can't talk and God got mad at him. And I read about Joseph and how he went through jail and all this other stuff. And yet God used him. I'm thinking, well, if he can use those guys, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just as messed up as they are, but Hey, it doesn't seem to be a problem for God. And so we've got to stop being condemned and self-condemned. And, you know, Moses made God mad when he started arguing with God about his call. Mm-hmm. God got mad at him. And so don't argue with God. God says, do it, trust him, feel, go ahead and feel inadequate. That's good because if you feel inadequate, God's grace is going to be enough for you. Amen. God told me once in my spirit, I was praying about it. He goes, the more 
I do, the more you depend on me, the more I get the glory. And God doesn't share his glory with anybody. It's yeah. very clear. So the fact that your inadequacies magnifies his glory and his goodness. He can use you for what he's called you to do, just like he's using these two yahoos on the radio to speak to you every week. Week after week, these goofballs keep doing it. Well, yep. uh, this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, go to DougAndMarty.com and listen to past episodes. And you can contact us there as well. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.